Gorilla Social Workers. Welcome to the Gorilla Social Work Podcast. This episode of the podcast is hosted by yours truly, Mace Warren, and my GSW henchman, Jeff Moore. Both of us are licensed clinical social workers, providing forensic psychotherapy to incarcerated individuals, and sharing our stories with you, our lawyer listeners. The Gorilla Social Work Podcast is brought to you, as always, by Alpha Counseling and Treatment. Alpha Counseling is Utah's largest and most respected provider for forensic clinical therapy. We're super excited. Alpha Counseling is going to be opening up an office in southern Utah, helping our folks out down south. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll give you guys updates on when that's going to happen and when we're accepting new clients. Uh, really good episode tonight. Kind of a different format than usual. Uh, we looked at some news that was... Uh, I guess, inherent to sex offender treatment and really what's happening with sex offenses around the world. We got into some really good discussions. Uh, I really enjoyed this podcast, probably one of our better ones. Um, look forward to some of your guys' feedback. We appreciate all the new listeners and uh, any of those who were able to stomach our YouTube channel. Uh, thanks, guys. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the episode. And we're live. Take 20. <laughs> no, only take two. Yeah, you're right. I just messed up the initial recording. But I, like we were saying, um, I was just like, if, I, if I'm paying attention to my voice on a recording, that just seems like the most annoying shit on the planet Earth. <laughs> like, I, I feel so bad for any listener that has to deal with that. Dude, my, my voice sounds well, not... not like deeper but like huskier like I, I i when i listen to myself it's like god man like clear your throat bro oh yeah yeah you sound like anthony fauci like i'm, I'm like <laughs> i'm like waiting for that guy i'm like god dude yeah, he, like will you yeah. cough and just hawk up a loogie <laughs> yeah. like why is it so that dude does have a hoarse voice yeah that's, yeah. How I, that's probably like yeah. it's it constantly like there's this phlegm in his throat yeah i'm like have you had covid since day one yeah, it's just, it's just <laughs> nestled in his throat <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah yeah Dude, Dang. how's the vaccine treating you? Turned into a zombie yet? Dude, the the first day I well, oh yeah, dose I one. Hear about this, dose one, I was fine. Uh, dose two. What about Dosekis? Dosekis, <laughs> I yeah, no, <laughs> need to double that. The most interesting man in the world stuff. No, uh, the second day kicked my ass, dude. Yeah, I let's see. I, I guess it would have been two Fridays ago. And uh, I got I got the shot at eleven thirty on Friday, and felt fine all day. Did uh, you plan that, like to get it on Friday? Yeah, that was deliberate. Yeah, just in case it kicked your ass. Oh no, no, I I was just like in my schedule. Oh okay, it just, just fit. worked out. Yeah, it worked out better. No, I okay. didn't. No, I didn't plan it because I had to work the next day at the jail. So you didn't plan on faking being sick. No, on Saturday. And I showed up at the jail okay. despite feeling like shit. Okay, so although you were faking being sick, you still showed up. Uh, yes. Congrats. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Dude, it, like, good work. Thing, like it, it didn't even hammer me until I was actually home from the jail. Yeah. Yeah. And just, uh, took me out. And the thing is, is like the, the lady at the clinic said that if I needed to, I could take Tylenol, but that Tylenol reduces the efficacy of mm -hmm. it. And I don't know if that's true or not. So I just sucked it up and dealt with it. And I, I Sunday morning, I was fine. Well, like symptom wise, what were you dealing with? I mean, what were the, cause 
when I got my second shot, I just had weird dreams that night, really vivid dreams that woke me up a bunch of times. And it was just about a video game I had just played. Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah, that's it. That's all I had. Um, So I didn't feel anything aside from that. But like, what symptoms were you dealing with? Fever, uh, not horrible. It was like 100 degrees. Yeah. And then uh, the night sweats were nuts. Like I I, I legit, this is maybe too much information for our listeners, but I legit (laughs) had to change my clothes three separate times during the night just soaking them. <laughs> Does I wake up like sopping like I jumped into a swimming pool. Disgusting. Yeah, dude, I, I, uh, what, you see your mattress now there's just this brown stain yeah, the brown. size of a human. <laughs> <laughs> Sweating out the COVID. Oh, that's it, great. It was bad, man. And you know I'm a sweaty dude anyway. I'm gross. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, and yeah, but it was it was way. So, but again, Sunday morning I was fine. I didn't take any. I'm, I'm bulletproof now. Yeah. I don't know what they, they say that you can still spread it. Come on, man. Like how? Yeah. How? how? Well, I'm not I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and obviously, I mean, I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers here. Uh, you you can't see anything though, because there's people that even hear like you saying they had side effects. They're like fake news. Yeah. You know, like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like well, I mean, I guess I get to have an opinion on how I felt, but no, it's yeah, it's fake apparently. If we can get both sides to scream at us during this podcast, we're perfect, yeah. perfect, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, don't don't forget, folks, we're morons when it comes to any of this stuff so please don't take us seriously um <laughs> yeah we'll let you know when to start paying attention to our opinion. wait what, what was your question though i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah well i gosh what we just had we were just a, talking about covid yeah and then i and then i oh the immunization me uh oh not, yeah not yeah, having yeah. To like, that you can't spread it yeah i was just thinking that like okay but i've i've had like so then why do vaccines exist then? That's what like, I'm saying. Because like, I Wouldn't mean. Wouldn't I have to have it well, to right. spread it? It'd have to be in my system to spread it. So I, I okay, now this is, again, I, I know nothing about vaccines. Here's what I do know though, right, is like I, I know that, and I've heard through the grapevine, like that if your kid is not vaccinated with like whatever the vaccines are that you need to get when you're a kid, yeah. you can't send them to daycare. Because they're gonna make all the other kids have the red measles or, 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 or yeah, the red measles mumps or, yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. comes with it. You know what I mean? So if that's what a vaccine does, then what's up? Like what's I don't I don't I just don't understand. Well, like it, I want somebody to explain it to me and, and I mean you and I can just speculate and pretend to have answers. I mean, yeah. isn't it kinda like a, a the the hair of the dog that bit you? Isn't that kind of the idea? I, I guess. I mean what yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know, dude. I mean, I'm an I'm an idiot. So, yeah. I mean, but but I will. This is my my philosophy on this is, um, I'll follow all the rules, all of them. Just please don't like shut stuff down. That's all I care about. Like I I will I even even make crazy rules up. I'll follow them. I'm fine with that because like, even like the whole mask thing, <laughs> dude. The mask thing is my. And again, no offense to anybody who has a thing against masks, but don't don't say I can't breathe. Like. So so wait a minute. I I, I realize <laughs> yeah. the N95 masks are hard to breathe through, but you can still breathe. Right. You just put them on. Can you yeah. imagine you put them on you die? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, it didn't get covid. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't breathe. <laughs> like yeah, it's just it's just uh it's a it's not to me that's not a hard ask. Not not to mention like it's like in winter, it keeps my face super warm now, you know? It's kind of nice. And I'm more well aware of how horrible I'm like I'm a fanatic about my uh breath. about my breath. I need yeah. to say that. And you know what's funny? One of our therapists, April, she sent me this 
this, uh, um, because when, when all this started to go down, I was still taking flights and, uh, going up, you know, to prisons and in and out of everything. And it never touched me. Right. Never even, never even touched me. And, uh, she said, this must be your secret. And she sent me this study about how mouthwash like kills COVID germs or something like that. Cause I use mouthwash. I'm not kidding folks. 12 times a day at least just because I'm so fanatic about my breath. So it was like, it was like one time and it, it it's embedded in my mind back when I was a cheerleader, Weaver yeah. state holla WSU. Um, our good friend, Alan falls, right? He was, he tried to be a cheerleader and failed miserably. So hmm. obviously he's not physically good. It was at, a high standard. <laughs> Of course, he'd. Oh, I went snowboarding in my back. I hurt. Oh, Sprained like, my ankle. Like, bro, you're tw- you're 23. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? But he, um, we were at a practice, and I was with Ames, our, our buddy, and and um, he, Alan, just like in front of everybody, in front of everybody, he's all, God damn, your breath stinks, and I was like. Never again. Like embedded in your soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And ever since then, dude, I never go anywhere without mouthwash. Good to know there's something you're self-conscious about. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's the trick. See? Just (laughs) mouthwash 12 times a day, you're good. Dude, I like you're you're talking about the enhanced restrictions and doing whatever it takes. Like on on Saturday, I finally got out and did something. Like we went to the fights and my my buddy uh, Jason South. Fights here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. It was at the Maverick Center. Oh, okay. And yeah, they had it set up. Uh, so I like rolled down with Arlo and Ketchy and a couple others. Right. But um, they, they, I mean, it was like social distancing stuff. You had to wear a mask, had to get temperature scanned and everything. Yeah. And then you would, they had you sit in groups of six. So you could sit next to people, groups of six, but your seats would be six feet away from the next people. So the arena was sold out, but it was like interspersed, like, like clumps of people, you know what I'm saying? Were you so? And were you looking down on the cage? Yeah. Oh, okay. Did your boy win? Yeah. Oh, nice, dude. It was that dominant. He uh, took the dude down and like got guillotined. Like he was on the verge of tapping. His face was beat red. He got guillotined. He almost got guillotined. Okay. He almost got guillotined. He it was like one of those ones where everybody's collectively holding their breath while yeah. eventually he weaseled out of the guillotine after he developed cauliflower. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Ripped his ears open. <laughs> Moved into mountains. Ripped his ear off. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the guy just eats it. Got to break some eggs. You know? <laughs> uh, then he just ground and pounded the dude into submission. Nice. Yeah, it, was, it was a good fight, but nice. man, that's the first time I've been out. It felt felt awesome. Like as far as like going to something. That's cool. That's really cool. I, I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to like movies coming back. Hell out. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm our polygrapher. We got to have him on again. We went to a movie. Right in the thick of it, like June, I think. Oh, really? Whenever Tenet came out, we went and, and saw it, and they were really weird about it. But we sat right next to each other, and yeah, I had a whole row to ourselves. So I was like, okay, I can, yeah. I can, I can handle this. <laughs> yeah. So take advantage of the ghost town. Yeah. Well, enough COVID talk, I yep. guess, huh? Yeah, so, yeah. Let's talk about something we actually know what the hell we're yeah, talking about. Yeah. How many about? people have hung up already? Yeah. They're, they're talking like, about this shit for ten minutes. Yeah. yeah they're all God. Yeah. What are these dudes talking about? <laughs> no, dude. I found this. So I was looking around and like. Um, I think one of the things we try to do on here is get some like latest information out to our listeners, particularly like when it comes to stuff like on, uh, just sex offense stuff or anything like that. But I found this website called the independent and I mean, a lot of people probably heard of it, but there's like just latest sex offender news. So I was thinking like we could read through some of the articles, um, and, and, uh, and then maybe just comment on them. It's kind of give some, I don't know, 
interesting stuff that comes out there. Like react in real time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cause we haven't, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of give you an example here. Um, let me pull this thing up. So, oh wait, here we go. Can they see this? Huh? Can oh yeah. Let me, let me, uh, let me get that going here. Yeah. Got ads. Holy oh cow. Oh my God. Whoa. Independent is not financially independent. My yeah. God. Here, hold on. Let's let's just look at let me just look at this yeah. really quick here. Hold on. Let me Yeah. Let me pick the right stuff here. The right stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not the one I want. That's it. That isn't either. Way. Whoa. I way. I way. <laughs> here, let's look at this guy. That's not what I want either. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Well, we can uh, here. We can we can read it to them for sure. Yeah. And then kind of go from here. So video is <laughs> a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. And credit to you, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. This is all yeah, I. I barely know what yeah. I'm doing either. <laughs> so this is the headline here, and again, this is from the Atlantic, in the, or no, the Atlantic, the Independent. Um. Yeah, independent.co.uk. Um, Anthony Weiner, ex-congressman, because <laughs> they ex-congresswoman for some reason, ordered to register as a sex offender ahead of prison release. I didn't even know he was I in prison. I didn't know prison. he went to prison. What did he go to prison for? Well, was that the was that the the dick pic? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he, which by the way, dudes, like, can you think of any like? Okay, <laughs> I'm a guy. And I have a penis, and they are the most hideous things on the planet. Like <laughs> it's like I know who will want to see this. Nobody, <laughs> exactly nobody. Yeah. And and I'm just thinking. I mean, I mean, no offense, ladies, but I'm just saying, like, you got you got to not want those. Like, I mean, I'm a dude, and I, I'm telling you, I don't think they do, man. I I don't think they do either. <laughs> yeah. I think I think they're hideous, and I'm saying, like, yeah. I mean, when have you ever or anybody? Man, that's. It's a good-looking wiener. <laughs> yeah, really? I mean, like, you can say this a good-looking dude. You know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm fully capable of recognizing a good-looking guy. Sure. But, uh, like, a dong? Like, come on, yeah. man. Like, I, no. No, 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 no. I'm, so, I mean, and so he, he's... Like, like naked mole rats. That's what they look like. <laughs> yeah. Baby bird or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, like a shaved owl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You ever seen a shaved owl, yeah. dude? No, but I'm imagining yeah. it. Yeah, Google it. It's horrible. Uh, looks like a penis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it, it yeah says after this is after so he has to register for twenty years after sexting a fifteen year old girl. Oh, there you go. And a gra- granted, fifteen years old. But I mean, this is this is almost like it's so I, it's weird that I don't hear. I mean, it, it, I guess I, I understand why not many people joke about this like comedians because the joke is like there's no, it's its own punchline. It writes itself. Right, it's built in. Like you don't even have to comment. Like on it. I don't even feel like I should make a joke because it's so obvious. Yeah. You know? So it says, once considered a rising star of the Democratic Party, former Congressman Anthony, it's Wiener, right? I'm pretty sure it's Wiener. Has ordered to register as a sex offender as he nears the end of his prison sentence for having illicit online contact with a 15-year-old girl. Isn't that what Chris D'Elia is dealing with right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's getting, he's messed up. Yeah. He's done some bad things. Well, I mean. Comparatively. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you don't, I mean, it's like. If he's guilty. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Is Is he guilty? Well, has he been? Is he is he being brought up on legal charges? Well, I mean, so you gotta. I always like think about you know. There's like what's reported in news, and then there's like what comes out in, in case and 
trial and, and stuff. I mean, if it even goes there, I don't I don't even know if it's going to if he's being charged criminally. Mm. I have no clue. Um, but I mean, it sounds pretty bad. You know, I didn't I didn't everything I that I've read sounds pretty darn bad. It does so, which is unfortunate, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, just all the way around. You know, when people fall into that. But even him, did you know he was on that um, that Netflix show? It was called. Uh, you, I think, is the name of it. No, and guess what? He played on that a pedophile. Oh my god, yeah, dude. I'm like, I mean, Some prophecy. If I no, I would be like, if I was him, I'd just be like, no, I'm a method actor, bro, and I have to like really get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a commitment to the craft, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, have to, I have to really get into the part, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Heath Ledger, Joker, he, he jumped in both feet. Like, what do you, what's, what do you want from me? Oh, like, uh, yeah, like, oh, it, well, it's kind of funny how, um, it reminded me of that. Uh, d- did you like <laughs> this is what came to my mind immediately. And it was totally disconnected. But uh, have you seen Bill Burr's most recent special? Yeah, okay. Paper Tigers or whatever. Yeah, and he was he was joking about. <clears throat> I think it was. Uh, um, who's that? Really, she plays Black Widow. She's super good looking. What's her name? I don't know. Uh, I'm trying. To, oh my gosh! Wait. So it'll come to me. But um, we do have the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's. God, this is such a stupid like search though. Uh, who plays? Once we figure out this Black. pressing question, we should probably get back to Wiener, Mister Shaved Down, <clears throat> Scarlett Johansson. Oh, okay, I'm an idiot. Sorry. So, um, so Scarlett Johansson was going to play um, a transgender man, right, in a movie, and basically there was some I don't know there was some blowback about that that a transgender man should play that, and I think I see. I think Burr was talking about that. He was he was saying like. Yeah, so only like uh like uh like he was I referring to like Brian Cranston being a, a quadriplegic in that in that movie with uh Kevin Hart. And he said only, only people who are quadriplegic yeah. should play that, right? <laughs> but then I was thinking like th- like now the Crystalia thing happened after that. So it's like yeah, only only pedophiles should play pedophiles yeah, yeah, in movies yeah, yeah. about pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> it would get it just get insane after it's a stupid, minute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would be so anyway. Or jobs for our clients. Yeah, there you go. Hmm. Designated as a level one hmm, sex offender by a New York City judge, meaning that he he is thought to have low risk of offending. The disgraced politician has been living in a halfway house since February after serving most of his 21 months at a Massachusetts jail. Can you imagine that dude being at, like, Nuke? I was just thinking that, like, that could legit be our client wow. if it was a little different. The 54-year-old is set to be released on the 14th of May, but faces a further three years of, of court supervision. Wiener must remain on the sex offender register for a minimum of 20 years. He is required to verify his address every year, notify the state within 10 days of moving, and visit a police station every three years to have a new picture taken. So there must have been new, like, I mean, I guess I probably should get familiar with the case, but it must have been more than just... Send, sending sexual pictures uh but well then again uh have you noticed that the registry is longer for folks that have like internet offenses longer it seems like it i mean that's that's me I, oh i thought you're making a joke so. <laughs> 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 no like, well have you noticed the difference between like the amount of time people have to be on the registry for internet offenses as opposed to when they have a contact offense um no, I mean like ours is ours is pretty weird. I mean, we got ten years in life, right? It seems like the internet guys get life. A lot of the times, but that 
so the internet guys, I think most, I think most of what we deal with that, and this is probably good for listeners to know this is like, so, um, a, a lot of times when you have child pornography or, and, um, or you know, images of child sexual abuse or however you want to, uh, categorize those, um, these are, these are images that, um, did not originate often in, um, I think this is the justification. They didn't originate in your own state. And as a result, you are, you are taking, um, images from, you know, across state lines now making it a federal offense. And often what happens is Homeland Security or the FBI get involved in this. And I think when you get it to a federal level, I mean, what I've noticed on federal is, you know, a lot of these guys not only have a lifetime registry, registry, but they also have a lifetime probation. Like they're Ooh. on probation forever. Yeah, wow. Yeah, like there, there's no end in sight for that. And so they I, still call it probation. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like just forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I, just a probationary yeah, period of ninety years. Probation before you go to heaven or yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the afterlife. Dang. Yeah. Um. Uh. Obviously not. Heaven, probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we to judge? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just assess risk. There you go. So, I mean, which I mean, you can have it, but the thing is, though, is I'm not. I kind of have a like. I've noticed that because of that, it seems like the probation conditions are, are just not as strict, which kind of makes sense. I mean, if you're on for life, seems like it. Yeah, it's it's just more scaled back. Whereas if I have two or three years or five years of intense probation to kind of, which I think is reasonable. I mean, you know, if they've committed an egregious offense and they've harmed the community, they're coming back in. I, I think, you know, probation is a good proving ground to say I can be trusted again. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you can pull it off that long under those circumstances, then yeah, yeah I mean, you, you've at least shown that you can do it. You're it doesn't mean you always will. Yeah. Sure. So, um, but yeah, the, the lifetime registry that it is weird because, um, and I think jurisdictionally, like if you're a state, you know, if you commit an offense that's a contact offense, that's typically not a federal issue whatsoever, unless you're on federal land, like like an Indian reservation or something, right? And um, and and so yeah, usually the 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 penalty at that point in terms of the registration doesn't doesn't it, it's I think ten years after you're off probation huh. or is is that right or or parole or it's. Uh, man, I can never keep this straight. It's, yeah, I believe they have to actually be off paper and then the clock starts. Correct, correct. Okay. Well, I mean, and it's different for everybody. I mean, there's no, I don't think there's any specific, like... It seems to be different for everybody. For sure, for sure. I think I think so, because there's several, like when we were interviewing Derek, Derek didn't have to register that's whatsoever, right? That's right, right yep. Um, which is a big deal. So, I mean, I just, that's just a... Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's if that might be the reason why or not. I mean, I I think that um it it does feel like when you have a not a celebrity but a high profile case, there's not much room for error in in terms of like public sentiment, right? Oh, oh yeah. Like I if feel if that you absolutely. if you gave if you cut them a break, then at that point like it's almost like watch out, you know, like if you're a judge, you're going to get unseated or I, I mean, I don't know if that plays into it, but I, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like reasonably that would. Right. Yeah. People, people are ready to pull the trigger. Yeah. Does it, so does Wiener, is he, is he federal or state? You think probably He's state, state. It's New York yeah. state. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. It says it right there. Yeah. But there's, 
Yeah, let's see here. Uh, uh, prosecutor said. He oh, had there a it is. There it is. So she was of... in North Carolina. Prosecutor said he had a series of sexually explicit Skype and Snapchat exchanges with a North Carolina high school student and encouraged the teen to strip naked and touch herself sexually. Yeah. That is rough, son. Like, you're getting into some dark arts right there, bro. Yeah, I would say. Right. That, okay, well, yeah, that, I mean, that goes into, like, a non-contact offense, and mm-hmm. kind of which would be consistent with, well, why would that not be federal? It's interesting. If it happened in North Carolina... Because it works different there. I mean, I think it's sometimes just like maybe you picked up the charges. Maybe uh, I mean that's all like legal stuff that gets really bogged down. Yeah, I guess so, it's not really our area either. Right, right. I mean, we just do this. Got into the medical field and the legal field. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And often the question comes up like, how does this come about? Because I mean, homeboy had a relatively stable life, right, and pretty successful. And I think is you know like because because. The question sometimes comes up, and I think this is the wrong question to ask because the fact that you're asking this question is moving. It, it already tells me your mind is moving in that direction. Is that because um, I, I think his wife was pretty attractive too? And they're like, oh, "Why would he do that? Like he's you know a congressman, he's making all this money, and he's got a real super hot wife. Why would he do that?" And I'm, I'm saying that like those those are that way. right, 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 right. These are these are not. Um, it, it's not necessarily, those are great things to have in place. I think if you have a, um, a good gig that, you know, you have gainful employment, you're able to pay your bills. You have somebody that you not only are attracted to, but cares about you and it's mutually beneficial relationship that and you, matters. yeah, and you have notoriety. I think all of those are good protective factors to have in place, but it certainly isn't addressing a lot of the reasons why, you know, he might want to contact a 15 year old girl in North Carolina. I mean, I know we're speculating, but that's the type of thing that I think, like listeners would want to know is like, well, what then, you know, because we spend a lot of time in treatment addressing the very things that he, he now has. He's developed like, like we talk about, we tell our clients to, you know, develop a life that you love you have too much to lose and you're going to make better choices. And so he's, he had a lot going for him. And so like, uh, Later on in that article, it, it took a quote from him. He said something like, uh, you know, I've been a very sick person for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that kind of maybe speaks to some, like, sexual deviance or something. So, you know, maybe it's kind of in the sexual <clears throat> interest category. Mm-hmm. And Well, and that even, how that develops, like, there, there's, that always tends to be, like, the topic of conversation in terms of treatment is, like, where did that develop? And uh, I'm always like, what does it matter? Yeah. Like, I mean, who knows? You know, like it's when, developed, it's here, it's manifesting. Let's figure out how to treat it. Right. Yeah. And more often than not, and well, no, it, always. I mean, I I have um, every client that I've worked with that has viewed child pornography said that they certainly, and and you have to be careful here because in that article it referenced sex addiction, and I'm not a big fan of that term. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I've said before, addiction's like a, a top shelf word, yeah. in my opinion. And I think you people use it colloquially. I, I just yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> right. Like I'm addicted to the big bang theory. Like Right, right. Okay, yeah. dude. Like It's just uh, how people speak. Right. So but even that it seems to be um I get that you have compulsive behaviors around like that are sexual in nature. Understood. And that might be a that might be a mouthful, but I think it in terms of accuracy, I think that's a better description because the addiction piece, I mean, look, I, I understand the mechanisms in your brain. The same ones are relatively 
the relatively the same things are at work. However, not to the same intensity whatsoever. Like doing a line of cocaine or doing a shot of heroin or smoking meth, like the, the amount of, you know, brain reaction compared to that, compared to looking at porn is it, it's off the charts different. So, oh, yeah. so I, I just say you're, you're not, you know, yeah, I mean, kinda, but not nearly the same. Your your mind cannot compete against those other things nearly as well. But I do think that um, you know people do compulsively reinforce a lot of this need for like you know sexual novelty in their lives. Yes, and that sexual novelty <clears throat> comes easy by looking at pornography. By the way, pornography is not the bad guy. Uh, not that I'm a huge fan or anything. I'm just saying that like you can't necessarily blame pornography about this. Um, Ted Bundy did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look how he turned out. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. He's like, yeah, pornography maybe. It, I love do that 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 forever the scapegoat. And it's like I, I swear we we should like examine that one time because I I watched that. And he said, I'm not trying to blame pornography. And then went on to like <laughs> to blame, blame it the whole time. And then even to suggest that he was possessed by the pornography yeah. demon. I'm like, what, dude? Like, yeah. I was like, you just go out like a G and say you murdered all those chicks. Yeah, I mean, come yeah. on now. <laughs> so <laughs> don't blame Larry Flint. Yeah, at no. least see, at least like, did you did you watch The Night Stalker on Netflix? Yeah. I did. Yeah. At least Homeboy, he was keeping it real. He's like, Hail Satan. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> dude, I can't believe that guy got as Man. much like like, did you see the part where like ladies were sending him pictures oh, yeah. and everything? Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, I I guess you can I could see kind of why he might, but then he opens his mouth. I'm like, oh no, so, yeah. like yeah, yeah, he had that rotten was, teeth. Anyway, yeah. But I I think that uh I think that that needs to be taken into account. Is that a lot of this tends to be reinforcement because most, uh, not most, all every client that I've worked with who has viewed child pornography. They they say they never started with child pornography. That this was a development over time where they were chronically looking at pornography, eight hours a day often, as full time gig, and then it just became boring over time. And remember, sexual novelty is what they're going after, right? Mm-hmm. And how much sexual? I mean, there's only so many categories. I imagine, you know, like how deep can Pornhub go, you know, before you start just seeing the same stuff over and over again, right? <laughs> Dude's seen all the porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, yeah. I, mean I, I think it's endless, and and that's fine. But I, I'm saying that the setup and how it all—I mean, it's all you know. Eventually, you just run out of new content, you know. So you start looking for it to be live, like it, what it, happened with Mr. Wiener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a Lincoln Park CD. Like all the songs kind of sound the same, you know, but yeah. <laughs> they're a little different. Yeah, yeah, but. I think you're, you know, that's so. Then when they say they were looking for stuff, they try to find stuff on like they go on a website like Kick, or you know they start posting on just you know message boards or stuff like that. And then that novelty comes in, and initially they're not necessarily attracted to the fact that they're seeing like an underage person who's naked or nude or doing something sexual. It's just that it's risky and it's novel and they're like, you know, kind of excited by what's happening. And then, of course, you reinforce that with masturbation and then you're now starting to make connections to that over. And I think like that's typically how clients have told me that's that's how it develops. So and I and I don't know biologically if that's necessarily, you know, what is that is actually 100 percent happening. And I'm sure there's people who would say porn's not the problem. And I'm not saying porn's not the problem. I get that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that. For this person, that was their experience, and that's kind of how they got there. And so we're saying, yeah, man, like 
porn and stuff like that ought to not be in your realm of of possibilities anymore right. because it's destroyed your life. You know, you the way you consume it and how you use it has destroyed your life. Not strong, strong case that that's that's what he would need as part of his treatment plan is just to stay the hell away from it. Yeah, because I I mean I. I would if if you asked me to put money on it and it was like fifty bucks, I would say he didn't just start texting that girl one day. Absolutely, not. I would think this was a progression over time that was reinforced, you know, through, through fantasies and masturbation. Sure, and, right, yeah. right, right, right. Because there's nothing quite like an orgasm when you think about it. Like, yeah, it's top shelf feeling. Yeah, right, right, yeah. And, well, and at least un unmatched in anything else that you do, yeah. and so it can be really really reinforcing, right? Yeah, but exactly. But this was a dude. This was another one that I thought was pretty good on here. Was um, Indonesian pedophiles to face chemical cra- 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 chemical castration or execution? So those are your two options in Indonesia. Wow. Wait, it's either or. Yeah, you. I guess you. So you get to choose or. Yeah. Pedophiles to face chemical castration and possibly execution under Indonesia's brutal new laws. Wow. The new laws follow outcry over the rape and murder of a 14-year-old girl in her home uh, from school in April, which is horrible, obviously. That's that's what happens, right? It's like something horrific happens. It gets a lot of public attention. The public generates an outcry, and politicians make moves to satisfy their constituents. Yeah, it's kind of like I was talking to an old friend of ours, and uh, he was talking about kind of the state of of uh like juvenile sex offense right now and in Utah like it's it's damn near unheard of to send a a, a juvenile sex offender to where we started like in a group home oh, yeah. designed for juvenile sex offenders right mm-hmm. and and granted like uh, uh, there's research to support like the idea of just incarcerating kids for long periods of time like it makes them work. just like adults you know the research is relatively the same all the way around but I kind of feel like this is a pendulum swing. Like it's gone one way and then something horrible is going to happen, which that's what happens. You know, it's just life. It's, and then yeah. it's going to swing back the other way. Cause it's you know, super harsh. Right. Yeah. 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 But I mean, hopefully not this harsh. This is, but I guess Indonesia, I mean, nothing against Indonesians, but let me, let me read that. So let's see. Pedophiles could be chemically castrated or even executed under, under harsh new laws passed by the Indonesian parliament in response to the brutal gang rape and murder of a 14-year-old girl. Damn. Wow. So yeah, the new laws will mean repeat offenders and those who abuse family members could face between 10 and 20 years in jail. The courts can also order their chemical castration or for them to be tagged with a microchip. Whoa. Man, they think their registry's rough. Uh, in extreme cases where the perpetrator murders their victim, well, okay, I mean, this makes sense then. Okay, or, yeah. Or leaves them with psychological trauma or a sexually transmitted disease, they could be executed. But that that or is big. That's or a big leaves them or. with psychological trauma. So in other words, they're going to have psychological trauma. Oh, yeah. I it, mean... Isn't it kind of baked into the cake? It's baked into the cake, dude. Like, so that... Well, you know, the... There's a couple like couple things that are interesting is the chemical castration and then the execution piece. Like first, the, the chemical castration thing. Like the idea there is that if you, you know, give a give a guy Lupron or you know Depo Provera or something, it it shuts down his natural testosterone production, thereby reducing his sex drive and his sexual response. And I, I genuinely don't know what the research says about that, of the efficacy of that and reducing recidivism. Do you? 
Uh, I don't know. The internet might be able to tell us. I'm genuinely interested in that because Alabama or somewhere, somewhere in the South was looking at doing something similar. I want to say Alabama. And that's the thing is like, I I could see the argument for it, but I mean, while you're looking it up, it's like sexual interest isn't always the main motivational criteria pushing a sex offense. Like sometimes there's other, I mean, I guess it's always sexual, but it, it's not always arousal so, that is so the be-all, end-all. Sex drive is not necessarily the, the ultimate driving force behind this. Not always. Yeah. So chemical castration is the use of drugs to lower production of hormones in your testicles. Doctors use method to treat hormone-related cancers. Uh, okay, here it is. Um, okay. The purpose of chemical castration is to lower the levels of male hormones and androgens. The main androgens are testosterone and dihydrotestosterone, DHT. DHT, Um, According to 2012 research, about 90 to 95% of androgens are made in your testicles. The rest are come from your adrenal glands, so on and so forth. Let's go to results. Yeah. Uh, That's, okay. So, 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 let's see. Luteinizing hormone releasing, luteinizing like, hormone releasing hormone LHRH. Isn't luteinizing hormone like <clears throat> for breast milk? Well, I know it comes from your pituitary gland, and this hormone tells your testicles to make more testosterone. <laughs> Look at us guessing on medical shit again. <laughs> so this is, yeah, agonists come from this. They work so on and so forth. Okay, come on. Yeah. So how does it work? Lupron. Okay, yeah. Treatment's ongoing. Yep, keep yep, scrolling. yep. Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. You don't care about side effects. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a one-time treatment. Your doctor may instruct by injections implants under your skin. Depending on the drug dose, this may be repeated as often as one month or seldom as once a year. So I guess it kind of depends on a daily pill. Oh my goodness, or a monthly injection. That well, that the, is the side effects kind of answer what it does. I mean, reduced or absent sexual desire, erectile dysfunction. I mean, I guess that's kind of the shrinkage idea. of the testicles and penis. Oh. Fatigue, hot flashes, breast tenderness, and growth. Oh no! Wow. Oh, look well, at I guess that. is this. Man, I yeah, I don't. Yeah, look at that. Th- does it say anything about the efficacy though? Um, how long does it last? Once you stop taking the hormone, uh, the hormone production returns to normal. So this is where I would wonder, like, how how would that be enforced, like long term? Because you can't. Because I think a lot of people probably think this is. They're done, right? Like one time. It's like a monthly shot, right? Or the, there was a monthly shot or a daily pill. So like, and the one thing said it could last up to a year. But then like, so how, I mean, I, I guess if you're following your conditions, right. right, you have to take your pills, but. And you go visit your PO. Right, 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 right. But then, and, and if you don't do that, if you don't show evidence that you did that, um, then. You're then, out of compliance with your probation, right? Right, 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 right. But Provided that's how it works in Indonesia. Right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like somebody somebody was asking me, I think it was a kid one time, he thought chemical castration was they just like pour acid on your penis. I'm like, no, buddy. I mean, that, that would work, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, that's more long term. Uh, oh, yeah, we know that. Um, okay, here we go. Oh. Because it can reduce libido, some countries chemically castrate people who are incarcerated for sexual violence. A handful of states within the United States have legalized 
chemical castration for people who are incarcerated for sexual violence. It's u- it's usually used as a condition of parole. There it is. Mm-hmm. It's not clear that lowering your sex drive is enough to prevent vi- sexually violent offenses. Yay. There that is. Yep. Not every person will complete... Uh, will completely lose sexual function. Chemical castration also relies on long-term compliance, which can be a concern. Those in the medical profession... <laughs> All the stuff we are just saying. Right, may also have ethical concerns about overtreatment versus punishment. There are complex concerns, so on and so forth. It, so, You know what, dude? This just popped into my head as well. So, like, we're talking about efficacy, right? It reduces yeah. sex drive, compliance is tough. But also, like, think about how much, like, you know, <clears throat> masculinity or being a male is tied in with identity. You know, yeah. we hear about identity and gender all the time. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, I, I would kind of w- worry that, you know, if if the idea is that people that are sex offenders are lower risk when they truly like who they are and they don't have shame, if if they're feeling less masculine, or I, I kind of worry about, <clears throat> like, the, the psychological effect it would have on them, maybe even making them higher risk because they, you know, they, they, they're really down on who they are. They're starting to grow breasts. They're... You know, they're not able to engage in normal sexual function with a, with a sexual partner. You know, if like this, if homeboy has a wife and he's got to do this uh, chemical castration, it's going to cause problems probably in the relationship. Like, right. it's a lot of unintended side effects that I think could happen as a result of it. Well, and, well, yeah, I think so too. And then also it's not addressing like, well, so I think an average listener might not know that somebody who's committed a sex offense that's gone through just prison alone. Okay, so so no treatment whatsoever. They just been punished and went to prison, right? Yeah. Um, they they have a you know a recidivism rate, of course. You know the the likelihood that they're going to reoffend. But the the reality of that is is that they don't they don't necessarily reoffend sexually as often as we'd like to think. In fact, it's statistically much more probable that they're going to do a different crime altogether, right? So if if really what we're trying to to do here is is, I mean. If rehabilitation is the key and you take a, you know, a person back to the community and they're supposed to be a functioning member of society, well, I mean, like you're saying, if all the things that like help me be like a, you know, a person who's living a life that I enjoy yeah. and, I, and I don't, you know, and I have things to live for and I'm trying to stay away from a criminal lifestyle, like if I just make it one dimensional and say, okay, I'm just going to take away your sex drive altogether, that doesn't really address all the other crimes that they're going to commit, right? Exactly. I mean, it doesn't do anything right. for that. Right. I mean, it, it just, it, it takes care of one dimension that also long-term compliance, I'm just never super comfortable with that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not against things like medication-assisted treatment or something like that. I'm totally on board with that, but I mean, think about that. If I'm dealing with a client who, you know, has a, a, a severe opiate addiction, right? And they're coming in to talk to me and we're working through those things. So whether it's, you know, I'm going to get them on the Vivitrol shot or work on Suboxone or even Methadone, um, you know, those those are relieving symptoms, sure. I get that. And they, it might have to be for quite a while, you know, that they're on those. But, you know long term that's really hard to sustain and and in my opinion i don't know like long term how 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 effective that is to try to keep especially if those are things are relatively expensive how you're going to keep those in place for the long run and so you know trying to get you moved into a lifestyle that is no longer compatible with substance use is much more effective than just treating symptoms. You know, if I just treat symptoms, the problem doesn't necessarily go away. If I'm still doing the same things that led to my substance use in the first place, still hanging out with the same people, not making any progress in my life. Eh, I mean, you're just treating symptoms at that point. So 
really what improvement are we seeing in their lives? You know, like on that point, the, yeah. So for like long-term, if you're just going with Vivitrol and that's your, that's your be all end all approach to help this dude kick opiates, then, and you're not addressing all the factors you just ran down long-term is not great. But like, I, I think you see application for short-term use of Vivitrol, right? Like give, get them the medicated medication assisted treatment to get them over the hump and in the meantime, they're learning skills. And Emphasis on the hump. Yeah. <laughs> hump day. Yeah. But you know what I mean, though? Like, they get, get them over a rough patch, you know, mm-hmm. on the Vivitrol. And then once therapy has a chance to kick in, once they're no longer fiending so hard that they're out running the streets, then maybe that starts to work. And, and so maybe there's application for something like this. If uh, Remember Dr. Marshall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was talking to me about a client that you and I had in common that uh oh yeah i remember this yes yeah and his testosterone was so high that like that uh apparently his urine had a pungent smell to it and i guess that (laughs) happens like when like when teenage boys have like racehorse levels of testosterone coursing through their body and this young man did and could have put that to like good use get some gains son yeah i know man he didn't even use it for I what know. he should have yeah, yeah he squandered it on, on <laughs> <laughs> gross things but uh he uh i believe marshall put him on amantadine or something to kind of take the edge off but like if we're talking about lupron or something maybe there's some realm for like short-term medication assisted treatment you know if a dude's like so sexually aroused he can't see straight he's not going to get shit done maybe like take the edge off let him have a chance to have the skills that we teach actually kick in and then reintroduce well i guess his natural hormone levels as a you know once once he's ready or something yeah that's the only way i can think of it like where it would be like effective based on what we know sure but here's what i think about that though because it seems like it seems like so one dimensional in yeah. your approach. Like your focus is exclusively on hormones, right? Like, wh- I mean, what about? I I I just think about. Um, I ran a I ran a race with a gal. It was a. Um, it was that uh, ultra marathon that I had to drop out of because I hurt myself. <laughs> but when I was on the way up there, she. She was a doctor and a medical doctor, and she was doing some research on, uh, I think it was the use of, of Vivitrol, if I'm not mistaken, for controlling sexually compulsive behaviors. Mm. And essentially, that's what it was designed to do. And really, that works on a completely different part of your body. Like, that's focused on, you know, opiate receptors and impulse control and all the rest of it, right? Which that seems, especially like when you're talking about your brain, like how any psychotropics work. You know, manipulating hormones or whatever. Um, I mean, I'm I'm wondering if there, like, if there's a, a way to affect, you know, that that part of your brain that's driving that, you know, versus shrinking your penis and your balls. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what I'm. I, I mean, because I, because the side effects that we were listing over there, you know, it, it just seems like that might be so debilitating that you might not be able to come back from that. Might create more of a problem even. And, and I realize some people listening to this might say, good. Like, well, tell, <laughs> tell them why that's not a great way to think. Uh, well, well, because, again, like these, like you just have to realize that, that only works, that only works if 
like these guys, if they're put to death, right? Which, I mean, again, that's just, unfortunately, folks, it's not how our country operates right now. And, or probably ever for that matter. And probably fortunately. I yeah, like, yeah, I like yeah. that we don't kill people. Right, 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 right. And then also on top of that, those guys are coming back into the community. They're coming. Like, and, and I get it. I understand like some of you might say lock them up and throw away the key, particularly like victims uh, or, or victims families. And I, and I'm, I'm not trying to say that your, your pain is, is any, like that you shouldn't feel that way. And I don't try to, I'm not trying to invalidate that. What I am saying though, is that's not the reality of the situation. The reality is these dudes are coming back into the community. So by doing some of these things, we might be generating more risk than we want. And, and again, it might not manifest sexually and it might come out in, completely other ways you know i'm glad you now covered that because I, I guess that would sound maybe insensitive if, if people didn't have the context for why we're sticking up for them to not have lupron or some something right it's, yeah i can certainly see how people would um not share our you know enthusiasm for treating these guys the way we do yeah yeah it, of course these things always bring up seems like whenever these things come up it's like they dig for other things too this was like says, uh, human rights campaigners have objected to the move, and the measure was fiercely debated in Parliament with two, uh, with two opposition parties voting against it. One Reddit user pointed out... Uh, Reddit. Reddit user? Who Red- cares? Wow. That's your source? Well, you know, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of billionaires on there now because of that whole uh, GameStop thing. silly. Uh, pointed out on the comment thread, the latest UNICEF data has revealed one out of every six Indonesian girls were married before they turned 18. I, uh, what the hell does that have to do with that anything? That has nothing. Well, I, yeah, I don't, I mean, I guess it's saying that women aren't given much of a chance to consent to sex. Yeah, or. Is that what that's saying? I guess. Uh, you know, that is, it's just, that is so, that is so like uh, egocentric to our own country though, you I, know, it, and it our is. customs. Like, I mean. Yeah, that's an American lens. I'm not, <laughs> and again, <laughs> yeah, uh, w- look, I'm not saying that, 16-year-old girls ought to be getting married. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that <clears throat> to think that I go to another country and I just say, well, this is how America does it. Okay, bro. Like, I mean, where is it that, uh, where was it? There, there's, there's two countries in this world where there is no age of consent. And there's other countries in this that are like 10. 10 is the age, right? Mm. And I don't know. I think Mexico's 13. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, you know, seventy percent sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. You're all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but I'm I I just know that like if you started to look at the at the uh, the age of consent in these different countries, you'll see a dramatic difference from the United States. And I mean, it all kind of gets to like I think nineteen is like the oldest almost in in some country, but. It can go down as low as nothing, you know what I mean, in, wow. in certain countries. And, yeah, we can have opinions about that, of course, but, I mean, I don't know who we are to regulate those countries, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying it's right over there, but... We're just not the world police. Here's the other thing, though, is, I like, um, a guy from... He was from... Uh, he was a client of ours a while back, and he came from... Uh, uh, I want to say Sierra Leone. He was a he was a refugee from Sierra Leone, and um, war torn country. People getting head chopped off, all all kinds of the stuff. And over there, I, I think he said the age of consent in that country was fourteen, hmm. and so it's perfectly normal. Um, well, over there for an adult male, twenty five years old, 
to be married to and conceiving with a with a 14-year-old. And he told me, he said, well, it's different over there. Like, the life expectancy isn't nearly as as high as the United States, and so people start having babies at a lot younger ages. That's a big factor, isn't it? Which, which I, okay, honestly, I didn't even register that in my head. Like, that, I didn't even think about that. But I was just thinking, well, yeah, if you're, like, if the life expectancy over there is 50, because everybody has AIDS and you're getting killed otherwise, you know, it's just crazy over there, then, yeah, that kind of... That kind of makes sense to if you're trying to procreate. I mean, I'm sure cavemen back in the day weren't like, "Hey, how old are you?" Like, you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. and I'm not again, no justification on that. I'm just saying that it just is a little egocentric and to look at that and say, "Why are there laws like ours?" So, well, like, their a, country's different. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly the reasons. It's like an older age of consent then might be a luxury for. I mean, I, I don't know if developed is the word, but more, more westernized, developed countries. Yeah. It's like, if we're being honest. We, we have You the, should be like 25 before you do anything. <laughs> like, because we're all idiots until then. Yeah, yeah, God, dude. Yeah. We're morons until 25. So if we're being, let's get, 18 is completely arbitrary. What does that have to do with anything? Right. Or, you know, They're done I, with school. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's it. it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if we're going to link this to some sort of developmental thing, do 25. 25. Yeah. Right. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm, 38, 39, geez. How do you feel about execution? For, oh, for... Yeah, yeah, like that's the other piece of this. Let's see here. <laughs> the Indonesian Doctors Association said its members would refuse to administer chemical crash. Oh, so they're not even going to do it because it's a violation of medical ethics. Um, oh, wow. Wow, look at this, though. So chemical castration of pedophiles is already practiced in several countries, including Poland, wow, South Korea, Turkey, Russia, and some parts of the U.S. Those are all very different places, too, yeah. culture-wise. Yeah. Let's see here. Well, you know, I guess the execution thing, that it, oh, that's a huge can of worms that yeah, gets opened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you get to have opinions on that. and it's, That might be for another day. <laughs> well, here, here's... There's a lot to say on that. Well, I mean, like, whatever your opinions are is, like... um, So... I mean, real quick, this is like a huge synopsis because we're coming up on the end here. I'm, here's what I think. Like when somebody says it doesn't stop anybody from getting killed, I was like, well, it stops homeboy from killing anybody else because he is dead, son. You know yeah, what I mean? That's hard to argue with. So, <laughs> but and that's just that's a that's a pure logic driven argument. Um, it doesn't take into the moral the 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 morality of the whole thing about killing somebody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. Which, I, I don't know, the jury is still out on how I feel about that, honestly. But here's the, here's the other reality, is that, I mean, dude, when, is any, when has anybody ever put to death these days? You know what I mean? Like, you get on death row, you're there for life. Like, right. you usually die of cancer or something. Yeah, we, I mean, I know that we still execute a certain amount of people a year. and But, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I think Kim Kardashian's on a mission to, to stop all of that. But... <laughs> I mean, it, so it must be happening, you know, if she's yeah. got her, her uh, crusade against it. Yeah. But, and so this isn't necessarily a great argument from like a risk management point of view, because what you're saying, if it's purely logical, then killing them would lead to the lowest risk for reoffense. But I think about, like, think how many of our clients have families that would be absolutely devastated. Furthermore, like the victims, you know, like, do you think that, it's horrific when a father abuses his daughter, but 
I would be hard, there's there's a lot of daughters that would be really upset if their dad was executed on their behalf and victims blame themselves a lot of times. Right. <clears throat> and, right. And like, you know, the the I could see some poor unfortunate person that got sexually abused, raped or whatever. And then their perpetrator whom they maybe had a personal relationship got executed. And then they think I should have kept my mouth shut. I shouldn't have reported this. Now that person's blood's on my hands and victims have enough to go through. They shouldn't have to put up with that shit too. Right. Right. Cause you're, you're making like, I think any of those things is, is like Ted Bundy who was put to death. Right. And, uh, it, it was, Kind of, I listened to a podcast about about uh, executions, and did you know like what they said was like the most humane one? What's that? The uh, firing squad is the most humane. That's one. That's the one I'd choose if and, I had to die. And guess where they still do that? Still, you you still can do Isn't it. Isn't it here in in yeah Utah. Utah? Yeah, yeah. And they have five five dudes. One of them has a blank. The other ones have bullets. So you don't know who has the blank. You can kind of if you're a shooter, you can kind of maybe it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of the same idea. Or maybe I have that the other way around. No, it's the way. It's, Somebody it's has the way a blank. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you probably want to put four bullets. More bullets, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I was like when you're when you're making that appeal, like it's an empathic appeal to people to kind of get them on board. Like because you're you're saying how much devastation happened to to the victim and to the family, right? And people hear that and they it's an emotional appeal. They get linked to that. And then what happens is is you you buy into policies and things that don't really drive down recidivism, like things that – so you take one case that's horrific, understood, and then you link that and say, yep, this is why we should have this. you know. And this is not necessarily a death penalty. This is what, what people do often. And then they use this to change policy that doesn't have any effect on recidivism. Mm. And then they'll say, let's do this because I'm just saying I think – the, the results are in deterrence theory doesn't do a whole lot yeah. for, for preventing this. Like if somebody heard the Indonesians were getting put to death because they were doing this, I don't think that's going to stop them because I, I promise you when they're in the thick of this and they're, you know, they're about to offend, they're not like, Hmm, remember that article? I re- I shouldn't do this. I promise you that doesn't happen. Like weighing it out. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, th- th- because that's, that's not how their mind is working in the first place. You're, you're asking a person who who cannot use long-term consequential thinking to use long-term consequential thinking. So the impact on another person is irrelevant to them. That's not how their mind works at times. They are focused on what's immediate in front of them. And for whatever reason, the mechanism that helps us have long-term th- consequential thinking doesn't exist. Well, we for, don't think we're going to get caught. Well, of course. Nobody, you know? nobody thinks they're going to get speed caught. I speed, not because – like, I'm, I'm not – I don't not speed because I'm thinking about how to a $300 ticket. I do it because I don't think I'm going to get caught. Did I ever tell you about a client I had one time? And he got like three tickets and his speeding tickets. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, let's let's problem solve here. And let, let's talk about, do you need to leave early or something? And, and just because you said speeding. And he's all, I have a lead foot. And I'm like, <laughs> like all serious. Hey, yeah. And I'm like, well, what? Hold, is that a medical condition? <laughs> like, <laughs> what does that even mean? A lead? F- I was like, I, oh, I, he says it all indignantly. Yeah. I was yeah. like, that's a metaphor, homeboy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, and, <laughs> you just can you imagine you just get behind the wheel? And go, yeah. <laughs> my, my lead foot got away from me. <laughs> like no matter what. Yeah. Oh, dude, that'd be so. But anyway, I yeah, I I do think that. Like, you know, 
when we're making those decisions, like I would say uh, all in all, um, yeah, you, you, those, those arguments are not made out of consideration for the victims and the victims. Sometimes when I read through some materials about this and how victims are talked about, especially to like perpetrators and even therapists sometimes are guilty of this, how they'll tell, how they'll tell perpetrators how much they ruin victims' lives. You know, a lot of victims that I talk to consider themselves to be survivors, and they wouldn't stand for that shit. They'd say, "That's right." Uh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. He hasn't ruined my life. He hasn't ruined my life at all. That sucked what he put me through, but that's on him, Absolutely. and I've forgiven him, and I've moved on, and I'm I'm stronger for having gone through such a thing and bounced back. Don't you dare say that about me. I'm like, okay, all right, like I'm I'm on board with that. Good way of looking at it, right? So to assume that the person is so devastated and so traumatized that they just can't get over it. Again, that that's that's like I don't that's a pretty shitty assumption. I agree. That's you know? a really good point. Yeah. So I um I don't know. It's Indonesia, man. I <laughs> Yeah. Do your thing, guys. I can't, I can't really I can't really comment on that anymore. So Well, I, I think that we're basing our decisions off of research and the in then the decision based in Indonesia is made on like public outcry. Yeah. You know, they make we're trying to make decisions on treatment based on like logic and reason as opposed to like an emotional like vengeance sure. motive, you know. Sure. Sure. Cause this this references I, I didn't get into the details of this. If you guys want to do that again, uh independent.co.uk, you can read about the horrific details of of the law that was passed in response to this this uh this event and, and obviously there's like anywhere there's sexual misconduct happening and sex offenses happening all over there so um so yeah that's uh that's a uh, that's kind of a that's kind of crazy <laughs> crazy world we live in man yeah. what can you do so all right well uh should we wrap this up yeah, do you, do you think they like this format? Our, our listeners? I don't know. Off to hear from them. Yeah. So we, I, I, uh, I was looking at our YouTube page after I posted our thing, and uh, it took forever to look. God, I gotta check my upload speeds or something. But uh, <laughs> there was one view, and I think it was me. So uh, there's, there's two now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's great. Well, yeah. thanks, guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's us. <laughs> yeah. Th- yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, guys. Uh, yeah. Please let us know though if you like if you dig this format. I mean, I I don't think every single time we talk about news, I think it's. Uh, it's a good topic, though, to come up with, you know, breaking news that's that's kind of happening in that world for anybody who's working in this field or um, or just interested in kind of the things we talk about. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time. And thanks for listening to the Gorilla Social Work Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Moore and Mace Warren. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into all things related to forensic psychotherapy. As always, you can head over to utahsbesttherapy.com to check out our program and check out all the links and resources in the show notes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and wherever you prefer to get your listener fix. Please share this episode with your family and friends, and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating, which really helps us out. You guys are awesome. We'd like to stay in chat longer, but we're lying. Good night. (laughs) 